So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family owned and operated, a no pressure, laid back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. You might be hearing our buddy Christian Johnston here for the first time on the morning rush. He has joined us, what, about a month or so ago, I'd say? Is that right? Yeah, that's about right. About right. It's flown by. It's gone by pretty quick. Chuck's going to be joining us coming up shortly. We'll get his thoughts on the upcoming matchup between the Arkansas Razorbacks and the Baylor Bears. This is a very unique matchup in my household as my dad is a Baylor alum. They're leaving tonight. To go, I say tonight, they're leaving this afternoon to go to Waco. They're staying there tonight. We're going to see each other tomorrow, either for lunch, dinner, or at the game. We haven't 100% figured out that, but I'm excited. This is a game that, while Arkansas is not expected to win, I don't think they're going to win. I think they're going to compete. I think Baylor's going to have their hands full tomorrow. I think Devontae Davis is going to infuriate Keontae George. But really, to me, it's what the other guys can do. What Cryer what Langston Love, what Flagler, what some of these other guys that Devo, I think Devo's going to hound Keontae George. I think George, the freshman, is going to be frustrated with the 6'4", long, lanky Jacksonville native, and he's going to be in his grill all night. Now, what I'm hoping is that Devo can shut him down and then give you that same production offensively. This team is 0-4 on the road this season. It would be pretty wild of all the road games they played for their first road win, their true road win. You don't count Maui. You don't count the Euro trip. You don't count some of these neutral site stuff. Oklahoma wasn't a road game. You had more fans there. Tulsa, this would be a road win. It's the best team they play in the road all year. That's what's unique about this game if they somehow, some way win it. They're playing with more confidence right now. You're seeing it on both ends of the court. LSU is not a good basketball team. We know that. And we shouldn't have lost to him in Baton Rouge at the PMAC. But he still held him to 40 points. That's unheard of in today's game in college basketball. From the jump on Tuesday night, you had them locked down. That tweet that Adam Miller put out, we're going to run through the smoke in Fayetteville, probably the dumbest thing he's ever done in his life. That was pasted all over the Arkansas locker room. Now, I don't think any Baylor players have talked smack this week. This game is very unique for Anthony. His dad played at Baylor. We know the connection there. I know the Bears were one of the teams that were recruiting him hard down the stretch. I believe that were one that was one of his final five teams or whatever. So this is a game that he really wants to show out. And he's had some really good games on the road. 
and he struggled handling the ball on the road. They're going up against some really quick guards. Love is not as an impactful player as Cryer, as Flagler, and then as George, but they're going to get after him. They're going to try and frustrate him. Devo will be probably, I would say, a hand, uh, the ball handler, the primary ball handler have we seen to kind of get A.B. in some more off-ball scoring action situations because they've been successful doing that to this point. And I just hope that they will come out with the same intensity and ferocity and toughness that they did against LSU on Tuesday night. You can't, I know you play better at home. I get that. That's part of it. There's no team in college basketball that I know of that has a much better typical performance on the road than at home. But you can't get down 13-2 to two against these guys like you did in the Elite Eight game. They were killing you early. If you get out early, it's over. You're not coming back. They got too much offense. They average about an 80 game. They're the number one three-point shooting team in the Big 12. The number two offensive team in all of college basketball. Frustrate these guys from the tip-off. Get in their grill. Play solid, not handsy defense, but consistently be there. They're coming off their biggest win of the season against the Kansas Jayhawks in Waco in the Farrell Center earlier this week. I don't know if they're going to have a letdown per se, but you can at least come in there and make it tough on them for well, how many minutes? <laughs> for 40, I almost said 60 minutes, for 40 minutes tomorrow. Yeah, Ty, you're going to be there, and it'd be nice to get a little revenge over these guys. I, I know both of these teams are very different from two years ago in the Elite Eight, but yeah, it's a little, it's a different Baylor team. It's a program you like to beat. They've solidified themselves as, you know, contenders almost every year now, So, and they've got a great coach. Musselman's a great coach, so I'm, I think it'll be a battle. Yeah, I, I think Arkansas is going to have to play their best game of the season. And Tommy and I went back and forth on this yesterday. I thought he made a, a at least an arguable point about the AM game. You've got two really important games these next two. You're going to Waco today and playing these guys tomorrow, and then AM comes into your house on Tuesday night. An AM team that just smacked Auburn and broke that. 29, 30 game winning streak in the jungle and they beat their brakes off. It was like 16 point game. You don't typically do that to a Bruce Pearl team at home, but that's exactly what Buzz Williams and the Aggies did. So again, you're going to have to play really well these next two games. Now I think you're going to have a good crowd on Tuesday, but if you want to have a great crowd, you win this game, you potentially are ranked heading into that A&M matchup because if A&M wins, Christian, look up for me who A&M plays. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But if A&M wins this weekend and you somehow, someway beat Baylor, then you're going to have a wild Bud Water. They, they host Vanderbilt on Saturday night on the SEC Network. You're going to have a wild matchup inside of Bud Walton Arena on Tuesday night. We always talk about these setup games, like, hey, if you win this and you win this, you do that. And at that point, you would have won four straight, and you would have two straight conference wins, that non-conference win that you could get, the best non-conference win of the season, I might add, if you win this game tomorrow. Tommy said it all week. Free shot. That's exactly what you have tomorrow inside of the Farrell Center in Waco, Texas. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. 
Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Chuck, what time are you guys heading to Waco later on today, man? I think it's about a 2, 2.30 departure from what I understand. Not what too- the latest itinerary says. <laughs> Not too bad. It's about an hour and a half from Dallas. I'll make the trek over to Dallas later on this afternoon and then drive over either mid-morning, early afternoon to Waco. I've been out of the Farrell Center before. It's It's been quite a number of years, but, man, I'm excited about this game tomorrow. I've not been to Baylor since 2012. I don't think that I can remember um, for this. We were down there for baseball, but uh, I've not been back to Baylor since. So this will be good. And, um, you know, Baylor's got a great team. I mean, they've got a great team. They were 0 3 and didn't look, you know, they lost a couple of really close games, but they were 0 3 in the Big 12. And they really turned it around and they've done it defensively. They were giving up a lot of points in those first three games, and two of them they'd given up 85. Uh, but in the last five, I think it's – I don't think anybody scored more than 68 in the last five games. So they've really turned it on defensively. And that's, you know, that's that's got a lot to do with – I know two years ago they were locked down defensively. And I don't know that they've been quite that good consistently this year, but it sounds like the last couple of weeks they played really well. You think about that game two years ago, Cryer and Flagler were on that team. Flagler coming off the bench, he's a starter now. Then you've got DeMonte Davis, and Kamani was technically on the bench, but he wasn't eligible to play. I actually went back and rewatched that game this morning. They got out on such a hot start on you, Chuck, and Arkansas just couldn't recover. You have to be the one that sets the tone tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Baylor was a little better inside that year than maybe they are this year. That big guy, uh, they've got one big guy that was on that team that's on this year's team too. I think there's another one on there. But, um, you know, they were really good inside. They were great rim protectors. They were the dominant team that night. I mean, they were so much better. And Arkansas was really good. I mean, that Arkansas team's better than this Arkansas team right now. And that Baylor team was, well, I mean, you know, they won it all. So, you know, that kind of speaks for itself. But <laughs> this year's team's really good, and uh, Arkansas is going to have their hands full tomorrow. And it's a couple gift drink, guys. I brought up Flagler. You got Cryer. But the young man that I think Devo's going to be on tomorrow is Keontae George. True freshman, top 10 kid in all of college basketball coming out recruiting-wise this past year. Uh, didn't have his biggest game against Kansas on Monday night. I would expect him to want to show out today, and hopefully Devo can do his best to kind of put put a stop to that as he's done against other great players this season. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what the matchup's going to be, but you know the thing about Baylor is that you know, they've got so many weapons. I mean, mm-hmm. they've got so many weapons. And, you know, you may lock down one guy and have another guy score 24 on you that night. It's just kind of how it's gone with him. So everybody's going to have to play an exceptional game defensively. Sure sounds like they're going to have to run them off the three-point line as best they can. Um, you know, the... The thing with Baylor and a team at home and when you've got momentum and things like that going, I mean, you can't turn it over. You can't let them get out in transition. They can shoot the three off transition as well as they can go in and get a layup. So 
um, you you better value every possession and you better guard the heck out of them because that's the only way you've got a chance. I remember Baylor had some good teams back in the day. Uh, Tweety Carter, Lace Darius Dunn, A.J. Walton's actually a kid from either Parkview or Hall that ended up going to Baylor and playing for Scott Drew. But lately, Chuck, they've taken it to a whole nother level. You mentioned the national championship two years ago where they were clearly the best team in all of college basketball, really the COVID year. Even they had a really good team last year. This year, they've won five straight. What have you noticed about what kind of Scott Drew has done? Because Baylor got clowned by us in the Southwest Conference days most of the time. Well, they elevated their recruiting. I don't know exactly how they did it or what they did, but they elevated their recruiting. And that's the bottom line. I mean, uh, you know, Arkansas and, and um, you know, Arkansas, when you look at you know, where they were a few years back as opposed to where they are now, uh, where they've been the last two years, it's about recruiting. I mean, that's what it's about. And you got to go get them. And you've got to recruit at an elite level if you want to play, you know, after the first weekend in March. Certainly, you know, if you want to get to the Final Four, you've got to recruit better than everybody else. It's not a guarantee, but I can guarantee if you don't do it, you're not going to be there. And Baylor's elevated their recruiting. I mean, they're signing, uh, uh, you know, they're they're signing players now. Mm-hmm. And Arkansas, same way. You've seen what recruiting has done. You had the fourth best class two years ago, the number two class this year. And I know it hasn't gone according to plan per se to start out, but Look at where Arkansas basketball has done. A lot of it's been through the portal and then right out of high school as well. Now, Chaz text in here in Fayetteville, Chuck, saying that this game to him feels like a game that we can get back to national relevance if Arkansas is able to pull it off tomorrow in Waco. Sure, is, sure. That's, a, that's just a clear as day statement, right? Well, I mean, you know, everyone likes to be nationally relevant. I mean, you know, we all want to see ourselves on Center, and we all want to get back in the conversation. I think Arkansas is nationally relevant now. I think, frankly, one of the reasons that when you look at bracketology and Arkansas is still there, even, I mean, they were there when they were 1-5 in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, you're nationally relevant. You, you can't play the disrespect card. When you're one and five, two and five, three and five in the league, and you're still being projected as an eight or a nine seed, I mean, the disrespect card doesn't play. And they are nationally relevant. And you know, certainly, if you can win a game like this, I mean, you know, you're back in the conversation. But that's all you're back in. That's all you're in is the conversation. It doesn't mean that you're going to get there. It just means they're talking about you. And people love to be talked about in a positive way. And yeah, you beat Baylor. Sure, that happens. I think when you talk about bracketology and must said they don't look at it and stuff, but you're going to get the benefit of the doubt if it's close, kind of like you're saying. And I felt that way because of their elite eight runs, the back-to-back years. And you pointed out even at one and five, they were going to still get that. Now we're a long way out from selection Sunday at the finals of the SEC tournament following that later that afternoon. But uh, as it gets closer and closer, as we get to February and we get a lot, they just – I think Tommy pointed out yesterday, I guess it just varies on the wins, but if they're under 500 in SEC play, they still, like, I'm not talking about 7 and 10, but they're 8 and, excuse me, 7 and 11, but if they're 8 and 10, that kind of 9 and 9 range, I still think this team has a a decent shot to make the NCAA tournament based on where the chips might fall. I think they'll be in if they're, if, if, if those are their records, I think they'll be in. Maybe not in the spot everybody would love them to be in, but uh, I think they'll be in. 
Now, we were, uh, speaking of basketball, Chuck, we were uh, talking about the Martin family that just donated the $5 million to the Raceback Foundation, to, and now they're getting their name on the Basketball Performance Center. They're going to announce that before the Kentucky game. I was kind of trying to figure out what Arkansas fan kind of stands out. I feel like it's Eddie Clarksville for football, maybe Bobby Smittle and Hog Noxious for baseball. People are saying Scuba Steve for basketball, who Steve's a really nice guy. I've gotten a chance to to meet him once or twice, but uh, we were kind of joking about, hey, if you could get your name on something at the U of A Athletics, what would it be? I said the pizza stand out in, in Bud Walton Arena. If you got your name on something, would you want just one on the broadcast booth? I don't near know. Center I, haven't court? Ever, I haven't ever contemplated it, to be honest with you. I don't I don't think they're going to put my name up anywhere. Thank just you. for the record, I don't think they're going to put your name up there anywhere either. Not even by the pizza stand? Probably not. <sighs> That's disappointing, man. No, and if you give a bunch of money and say, hey, I'd like my name by the pizza stand, well, maybe. But just like on your merits, just Definitely like me not. on my merits, <laughs> we're not going to get our name engraved anywhere up there. Ah, man, that's a, that's a bummer. I mean, I hate to break that to you. That's a bummer. Well, I don't know about you, but I know I'm not going to probably be sniffing $5 million that I can give away anytime soon. Maybe a, a full lifetime of work, but that might be, uh, I think that's a little above my pay, pay grade when it comes to well, stuff like that. I don't care how much money you got. When you give away $5 million, when you give something, when you give $5 million to something you believe in, uh, that's a, uh, you know, that's a major, major step. And it's, uh, it goes, you know, I realize that sometimes people get the idea, well, someone's so rich, they can afford to do that. It's still a $5 million <laughs> yeah. donation. Let's not get desensitized to how much money that is. Um, I know from what I understand, they they love the Razorbacks and they like Eric Musselman and they believe in where that program is going, obviously. But you know, beyond that, I, I don't I don't I don't know much about it. I think it was cool in the practice facility. For those who don't know, they had that kind of donor lounge up top in the corner, so certain highfalutin people can watch practice and stuff. I always thought that practice facility. Chuck is awesome. I know it's oh, very nice. You've been in it countless times, and I know there's other f- facilities in SEC and college, but I just think it's it's great, man. I love it's, walking. Yeah, there. I mean it's nice, and that's uh, you know I've said this before. It it is remarkable when you go around the league the upgrade in facilities. I mean, just being over at Vanderbilt the other day, and I know they're not doing anything with their basketball arena, and, uh, but they're doing renovation on their football stadium. Uh, they've got a new indoor. Um, everybody's doing this because everybody's got some money. You know, everybody's you know everybody's got a lot more budget than they once did. And we're really fortunate to have what we have. And it helps when you're winning, man. Everyone wants to be a part of the winner. And you think about these back-to-back elite eight runs. And I know again, we'll have to wait and see how this season plays out. But there's a lot of hype surrounding Arkansas basketball. And I kind of set it up. If you somehow win this game tomorrow, and I. I was very clear. You're 0-4 on the road to this point. I don't expect them to walk into the Farrell Center and win. But that A&M game Tuesday night is going to be something if you win tomorrow. I want to go back to this uh, um, this 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 donation thing for just a second. I mean, um, this is not just about winning. I think sometimes people feel like, and certainly if you are winning, everything comes with that. There's no doubt about that. But when you donate the kind of money that gets your name on a building, um, it's because you believe in what they're doing. It's because you believe in their mission. It's because you believe in the person or persons heading up the program. Um, You don't just give away 
that kind of money because the team's winning. It has to go way beyond that. Now, in terms of am I going to buy season tickets this year? Am I going to up my donation from 3000 to 5000 so I can get better seats and a good parking spot? Well, now that comes with winning. Mm-hmm. That's a byproduct of winning. And I'm not saying that even a giant donation winning doesn't have something to do with it, but you got to believe in the mission when you give away money like that. And, um, again, I don't know much about this. I don't know what transpired um, for, for, for them to do that. I know of these people. I've heard about them, and I know that they obviously love the Razorbacks and are remarkably generous. But, um, you know, you've got to believe in what's going on there before you lay out that kind of cash is my point. I probably said it three times, but that's okay. No, I, I think you're spot on. And the Eric Musselman angle, Hunter Juracek, and I think it, I know we talked about this at the time, but for Hunter reportedly to turn down the Auburn AD job, and I, I've said this, and I'll say this again, when the Indian thing blows up in College Station and Bjork has to fire Jimbo and they have to let go of Bjork because he hired Jimbo and all that money, AM, I think, is going to take a hard look at Hunter Yurichek at some point. I don't know what that timetable is, but I think it's also a credit to what he's been doing. And he's made some coaching hires since he's been here that have panned out. And he's also just kind of lucked into some of the ones that are already there. And but the thing about him, it seems like that he's invested in all these other sports that maybe Jeff Long wasn't as invested in when he was the AD here. I don't know about that, but I think that he likes to win. Um, Arkansas was pretty good in a lot of sports when Jeff was here. They weren't good in the major sports, and that's the difference now. Uh, Arkansas was good in a lot of the, you know, what people, you know, call non-revenue sports, and uh, but they weren't good in the sports everybody wanted to be good in. And so, you know, what Hunter has is, uh, I mean, Hunter wants to win. Hunter, to me, you know, I know there are lots of things that go into being an athletic director. But your fate is determined by the coaching hires you make in football and basketball, men's basketball. That's what determines your fate. I think the thing that, you know, from an athletic director's perspective, in the SEC, everybody's getting paid. You know, if you're an AD in the SEC, you got a good gig. I mean, uh, you got a really good job. You're going to make a lot of money. Um, But you better hire good coaches for football and you better hire a good coach for men's basketball because if you don't, you're not going to last long. But if you do, if you do, and, you know, Hunter's doing pretty well at that so far. If you do, you got a chance to stick. And, again, every AD job in the SEC is good. And so our job's as good as anybody else's job. And so I don't think we should have the attitude anymore that, you know, if somebody's doing a good job here, that he's automatically going to want to go somewhere else because I just don't think that's true anymore. Hey, for those of you who are buying or selling a home in 2023, let me talk to you about Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, and let me recommend them. You know, if you're selling your home or if you're buying your home, I can tell you I partnered with them in both those situations. And what I can tell you about is my experience, and it was terrific, you know, from the contract to the close. Now, I'm not saying everything's perfect because it never is. And that's why you need someone who's trained in this business, not someone who does it on the side, someone who does it every day. 
someone who understands the market, someone who understands how to negotiate, and ultimately someone who can get you from contract to close. And that's what they do better than anybody at Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company. Now, they've got an office in Fayetteville. They're in Springdale and Bentonville, Fort Smith, Branson, Missouri, and you can log on to WeikertGriffin.com. Now, I don't know if you guys caught a wild sequence earlier this week during that DeQueen, I think, Charleston game. Decane. Yeah, Decane. Decane. Yeah. But uh, a new Reeds guy came on the court. Got an official's timeout. And somebody came on the floor on the far side looking for an Uber Eats delivery or something there. He's carrying some McDonald's. Oh, this has to be one of the all-time uh, I'm actually not kidding. No, I, no, I this think, is the I truth. I think that's what's happening. This guy's in the corner. It looked like he... Maybe, was he going to deliver the, the McDonald's to somebody on the court? Now, apparently it was a prank. It was staged. The guy was wearing a mic, Chuck. But at the time... It was good video. Yeah. Uh, at the time, I was thinking, man, is this actually real? I, I think the weirdest thing I saw mid-broadcast was when Randy Johnson killed that bird mid-pitch. Is there anything else that you think about? They're like, man, I, I don't think I'll ever see this again during a game. I don't know. You have all these on-the-spot questions. It's not really on the top of my brain. But I've never seen anything like what happened yeah. with that Uber Eats guy. Isn't that weird, man? And I, uh, if you're a broadcaster and those guys, honestly. Oh, they handled it brilliantly. Yeah, they got it spot on. Like, uh, Imagine if you see your, you and Z or, or mid-game or whatever, it's a tightly contested game. All of a sudden you see someone walk into Gucci Row with like a pizza or something. I I'd be so. Oh, it happens all the time. It's just not the Uber Eats guy. Yeah, and I yeah I guess they bring him food. But like to walk onto the court and to be on it like that. Oh, I know that was just all a prank, and it it <laughs> it worked. The prank worked perfectly. Uh, I mean, everybody's talking about it from coast to coast. It, it it accomplished exactly what they wanted to accomplish. Guy blew up or something, but I just uh, I thought that there was actually an Arkansas connection. Tevin Brewer, who played at Northside, is on one of those teams. I can't remember which one, but uh, I thought that was kind of unique in the fact that there was an actual Arkansas connection at the game as well. It's a weird, weird college basketball. Now, what outside of Arkansas and Baylor, Chuck, what SEC games are you looking forward to this weekend? For me, it's it's Texas and Tennessee and Knoxville, the Rick Barnes matchup. Yeah, that'll be a good game. Uh, Kentucky and uh, Kansas will be a good game, I suspect. Kansas is struggling a little bit, but um, they've, they've, they've got revenge on their mind, I think. That'll be a good ball game. Um, you know, the Big 12 right now is um, a lot of people believe it's the best basketball league in the country, and it may be. Uh, you know, they've uh, they've got some really good teams. And there are a couple of matchups in this thing that, or at least one, that um, probably will not go the SEC's way. But, um, you know, there's going to be some wins for the SEC, too. Auburn's trying to bounce back. They lost their first home game in quite some time, and they're going to Morgantown this week. West Virginia, this is not the best Bob Huggins team that he's had in quite a number of years trying to get that thing going. But Morgantown is always a, a tough place to play. I know Arkansas... They get them. La- I think they got them last year. They beat them pretty good last year. But uh, that could be a, an interesting game if Auburn was to drop two straight this week. Yeah, Auburn goes on the road, and that'll be a tough place to play. Auburn's been better this year than West Virginia, but you know that doesn't mean anything. Uh, that is a tough place to play. Um, I can't help but wonder if Huggins is, you know, about to run out of juice, um, so to speak. But that doesn't mean they won't win tomorrow. So, you know, it's um, that's as you say, that's a that's a tough place. Traditionally, West Virginia has been one of the toughest places to go win. I'd like to go to Morgantown at some point, Chuck. Uh, my 
cousin went there. She loved it. Uh, those games look like a lot of fun. I, I think there's maybe some similarities between West Virginia and Arkansas where a lot of people are all Mountaineers fans. And I know they got Marshall there as well. But that seems like a really unique place to be a sports fan. Morgantown seems like a unique town. Never to been there. I've uh, talked to people who've been there and here. And they say they are comparable, yes. They say Morgantown and Fayetteville are comparable, but I've never been there. It's a long way from Fayetteville. Long way. But at some point, I'd like to cross that off the bucket list. I did see, Chuck, that Justice Hill, he's returning for LSU. I know he's had that three-game absence for personal reasons. Uh, Their head coach talked about that earlier this week. I don't know if that's going to be the reason that they they win this weekend, but at least they get some positive news back because they are reeling right now. Yeah, I don't really know what's happened with Justice. Um, really, I have no idea at all, to be perfectly honest. Um, his numbers were really good in non-conference. His numbers were not good in the early part of the SEC. He played pretty well against Arkansas, but other than that, he really hadn't played all that well. And I don't know, you know, maybe what was happening off the floor contributed to what was happening on the floor or what was not happening on the floor. I don't know. Uh, but uh, just wish him well and Hope he goes down there and plays well. Unless we play him in the tournament, <laughs> then hope he has a bad day. Chuck, it, it, Tommy brought this perspective up early yesterday. The fact that at one point, I know Devo was going through some personal issues. He had some. He took kind of some uh, time away from the team, as Justice did. For Arkansas to be where they were with Devo earlier this season, to be where he is now, it's crazy how much of a 180 that's kind of taken since the early part of the season, I guess after early to mid after Maui to where it is right now. Well, it's a long season. And, you know, that's why regardless of the sport, you're going to hear me very oftentimes say don't draw very many conclusions during the early part of the season because it's such a long year. And, you know, these guys, some days, some days they're mature beyond their years. And other days... It's like you're dealing with an 11-year-old, and that's just kind of how it is. And, um, you know, Devo's in a good spot right now, and regardless of what happened before, what matters is where you are today. And I think he's in a good spot right now. I, I uh, I think he's enjoying his role, and I think he's loving basketball right now. And, man, they need him to play well. I mean, they need him to play well. He's got to come up big tomorrow inside of the Farrell Center, especially on defense as well. we got a lot more to get into with this Arkansas-Baylor game tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Pre-game coverage beginning at 2 with the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast. Introducing Your Choice Tuesday at Buffalo Wild Wings. Buy one, get one 50% off on our traditional wings on Tuesdays. Then the best thing about Thursday at Buffalo Wild Wings is buy one, get one free on our boneless wings. Both offers are now available for dine-in and carry-out. Some exclusions apply. Visit your Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Fort Smith, and in Jonesboro. Buffalo Wild Wings. Roar! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. 
You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. This summer I was fortunate enough to go to Chapel Hill, North Carolina, explore that campus. That's a great town. I really enjoyed myself out there. Arkansas beats the Tar Heels, advanced to the College World Series, watched those great games back and forth. Also got to go see the Dean Dome. No one was in there. I guess they had graduation set up for high schools and whatnot, but it was an awesome place. Got a chance two years ago to go to Allen Fieldhouse, the Fog, and watch a game in there where they thrashed Colorado in that game. To me, outside of Bud Walton Arena, which is my favorite place to watch a game, that's the number one spot outside of that. So our question is, outside of Bud Walton, what's the best place? Chuck, you've been to a lot of different college basketball arenas. I'm sure you've got a couple on this list that you enjoy coming back to. You know, most of the places I've been have been, uh, obviously, the Southeastern Conference. I've, I've never been to a game at Fog Allen. I've never been to a game at Duke. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, would like to have the opportunity to do that. Um, I've always wanted to do a game at Madison Square Garden. Ooh. That's not happened yet. One of these days, maybe it will. i got a little time left. Um, you know, I, there's, there's, there's places in the league I enjoy going more than others. Um I like it when they've got a great atmosphere. I like it when the students are rowdy. Uh, Florida, when they're good, uh, has a really good atmosphere in their building with their students. They're right on you. I enjoy that. Um, Now, I can tell you, as a broadcast guy, the buildings that I like are the places where you have the most room. (laughs) I don't like being on that row where it's like shoulder to shoulder and you can't move. So I've probably probably got a different criteria than – than some people do, but I enjoyed being at Hinkle Field House. That was cool, oh, dude. Uh, the you know from a basketball bucket list perspective, that was uh, you know I mean you're at one of the birthplaces of the game right there. So that was uh, that was pretty neat. Yeah, Chuck, I'd forgotten about that. That's where they shot Hoosiers. Chuck and Z were kind of sitting at the corner on the basically the concourse, right? And I, yeah, I, that was the COVID year. Yeah, and we were uh, all the broadcast teams. I don't know anybody that was on the floor. Because if you were going to be on the floor at that time, you basically had to live like the team lived. And you were sequestered from the outside world. And so the broadcasters for all the schools and for the networks, um, you know, they weren't in that bubble, so to speak. And so um, we were on a different tier in terms of our uh, vaccination status and all that stuff. I don't recall everything that went into it, but I know we couldn't be on the floor, so... Yeah, we were up there right in the middle of it. It's kind of like calling a high school game back in the day. It was fun. That was awesome. That uh, when that Texas Tech guy missed that layup, JD got the rebound and ran it out. Must go nuts. First Sweet Sixteen since '95 or '96, excuse me. It's pretty awesome. This is a text from Tyler in Fayetteville. It says Rhodes Fieldhouse in Searcy at Harding University. And I played. Yeah, that's a- I've been there. I played there um, for team camp back in the day, Chuck. But I've never seen a game there. Yeah, I've I've been to most of, and I know that they've renovated a lot of them, and some of them aren't there anymore. But uh, a lot of the old AIC gyms, and you know, there's a difference between a gym and an arena. Um, these are gyms, and I grew up going to games in those places. So, yeah, there uh, there are a lot of those those great gymnasiums all over our state, and really all over the country. And that's kind of the heart and soul of the game, really. 
I had two buddies, Chuck, that played at the University of the Ozarks, your hometown of Clarksville. Have you ever been to it? I'm assuming you've been to a game there. Oh, when I was young, I went to all of them. That's awesome. I, I know. I didn't realize they had played I knew there. every player in the AIC when I was a kid. That's cool. Uh, you got that closeness. Uh, real quick, Chuck, before we move on from this, we've got this ACC-SEC challenge coming up. Bruce, Tommy, and I were touching a little bit this on Tuesday. I tend to think they're not going to pair Arkansas with North Carolina or Duke. I think NC State might be the first team that we played this year. Is that a is that a fair assumption on my part? Oh, I don't know. I I, I have no idea how they're going to do it. I, I don't I don't I don't know at all. I know we're going to get to go to some places we've not been before, and uh, the kids will get some experiences that they've not experienced before. Um, you know, the ACC is not what it was um, in the football era. It's been hard for them to maintain their basketball dominance, but. Um, you know, they're still, I mean, that's as traditional as the college game gets. I mean, when you go to Tobacco Road, I mean, that's, you know, that's the core of college basketball for a lot of people. So I think it'll be a fun, fun matchup. I'm looking forward to it. I don't, I don't care who they play. Just want to go. Well, hopefully it's a, it's a good matchup. You ever this been first to Syracuse? One. Maybe go to Syracuse. Oh, who knows? That would be odd. I didn't even consider that. I forgot they are no longer in the Big East, ACC. How about that? Playing the Carrier Dome? Uh, 38,000? Yeah, that's... We'll just, you know, we'll see. It'll be a fun series, uh, I think. Just piqued my interest a little bit. That is your Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. Red River Dodge and Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at redriverdodge.com. This hour of Chuck Barrett on the Morning Rush is presented by Baxter Health. Compassionate care beyond measure. All right, let's talk more about the Baylor Bears and the Arkansas Razorbacks. 3 o'clock tomorrow. I know a lot of you are really excited. We're going to have David Smoke on, Sikkim 365. He's the owner and operator at 8 o'clock to give some more insight on just Waco and what else there is to do and uh, just kind of lead up for that game tomorrow. Chuck, Arkansas is going to have to score some points in this game. Baylor is the second-best team in all of college basketball in offensive efficiency. They shoot the ball well from three. They rebound it really well. They don't turn it over. This is going to have to be an explosive Arkansas offensive game in in addition to bringing that defense like they had the last couple games. Well, they're going to have to score to win, certainly. But I think the key tomorrow is going to be how they defend. Um, I think, you know, you're going on the road. Uh, You know, it would be great if you could go on the road and shoot 55%, put 80, 90 points on the board. That'd be great. But it's not likely to happen um if you're going to go down there and win um i mean you got to be gritty on defense you can't get beat on the boards um you know you've uh, you got to get to the rim when you've got the ball you got to value every single possession you cannot turn it over got to run them off the line three-point line I, I just think that defensively um arkansas has got to be at top form in this ball game to have a chance to win if they are uh, they'll get some points off that. But uh, I don't think, you know, if this game's, you know, if you let Baylor get into the 80s, you're going to get beat. I mean, you're going to get beat. And so um, Arkansas has got to, you know, they got to guard the heck out of them. To me, that's the key tomorrow. If, uh, if you do that, you know, again, you'll probably score some points. But I think ideally, you know, if Arkansas goes down there and wins, I think ideally – um, you know, this is a ball game in the 60s. 
And that would be, uh, if you've seen the 60s, much better chance that Arkansas comes out on the high side. Razorbacks do have a height advantage at the guards. AB is about 6'7". You've got Devo at 6'4", Ricky at 6'5". Their guards are all under 6'3", 6'4". It's like 1'6", 1'6", 2". So you have that. They probably got the quickness advantage. I'm not really worried necessarily about who Devo's guarding, but it's the other guys that at least have questions and how you're going to match up. If you watch that game on Monday night, they hit a lot of contested jumpers against a Kansas team that has some length. I want to know if that same team shoots the ball because if Arkansas's got a hand up and they're just hitting shots, it could be a long game tomorrow. Sometimes a shot looks contested, but in reality, guys were late getting there. That's you know that's why you see the hand there at the end because they were late getting there and um, I thought that happened some in Baylor's game with Kansas. In fact, I thought you know thought it happened a lot. Honestly, um, Kansas couldn't run them off the line and Kansas struggling right now. Baylor, you know, they were at home and they had a big crowd and it's going to be I mean it's going to be a true road atmosphere tomorrow and I think Arkansas is better suited for that based on what's happened so far. Uh, they've 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 faced similar atmospheres already, so they're not going to be blindsided by it. But um, you know, Baylor does have a lot of weapons. The thing that I think Arkansas could do that would give them a chance is, you know, you talked about their length out front. You got to make it difficult for them to get into their offense. I mean, I thought that's what happened against Ole Miss and against LSU was um, they just didn't let them get into their offense, and I mean, they made every pass difficult. And you've got to play a similar type game defensively against these guys. Which Ricky Council shows up. Offensively, he's not had his best two performances lately. Now, he did have rebounds. He was okay and, the last time out. Yeah, he had, he had eight rebounds in that game and a couple assists, just not shooting the ball from what we saw at points of the season, playing stiff for competition. Chuck, I think he's got to go for 20-plus tomorrow for you have any chance in this game because offensively they're going to be looking for players to step up, but I think Ricky's going to have got to have one of his better performances. I won't go so far as to say he's got to score 20 for Arkansas to win, but I think somebody's probably got to score 20. You know, somebody's got to have a big day. Council's one of the candidates, no doubt about that. Um, you know, it's it's um, uh, you know, it's a tougher game when you get into league play, when you play a team like Baylor out of conference, I mean, it's a tougher game than some of the other ones. So, um, you know, I don't know that he's going to score 20-25. He's got to play well. If he fills up the stat sheet the way he did the last time out, Arkansas will have a chance to win. I think about Anthony Black in this game, who's been special at points this season. This is going to be an emotional game for him. Dad went to Baylor, played at Baylor. Baylor was one of the top teams that recruited him, almost ended up going to Waco, chose Arkansas. And when you play either a connection like he has in his family or you play a former team, the emotions either overcome you or they fuel you to have an utter-world performance. And as a freshman, we've seen at points this season, he's had his highs, and he's at his lows. And for Muss, I, I don't know kind of the focus heading into this game. And, Chuck, I don't know how he's going to use slash not use this that kind of connection tomorrow. Hopefully it doesn't get to him and hinders him more than it helps him when they step on the court of the Farrell Center. Well, I don't know how it would hinder him. I mean, I, I don't I don't I don't think it's gonna do that. I mean, I'm sure in their family they're having some fun with it this week, but I don't I don't think things like that once the game begins maybe carry as much weight. I don't uh you know, maybe it'll propel him. I, I don't I don't think it'll hinder him. I think it's interesting to talk about, 
But I think uh, what happens on the floor is going to be determined by the guys on the floor. But I'm sure for his family, um, I'm sure it's a fun week. I'm sure they're talking about it. And I'm sure it probably sparks some family conversation. But I really wouldn't expect it to affect the way he plays. I just put it that way. I was listening to Makai Mitchell yesterday, and I I hadn't heard this to this point, but he mentioned kind of showing out for the conference and the SEC. This is a big weekend for the Southeastern Conference in some of these matchups. And the Big 12 is thought to be a better basketball league than the SEC. And I think it's fair based on the teams and where they're at right now. But I mean, if you get if you pick up some non-conference wins this weekend, Chuck, maybe the outlook on the SEC is is a lot different. And if Arkansas can go to Waco and win, that definitely changed perspective on the Razorbacks. If you want to just look close to home, well, I think the perspective, or rather, the pe- people's thoughts on the Razorbacks nationally may be a little bit better than sometimes they are here. I mean, I think that if you know if. If, if Arkansas wins this game, obviously it's, it's, it's going to attract attention. Um, sometimes I think we get too caught up in, you know, is it going to make us look good or are people going to talk about us and all that stuff. Uh, but obviously if you beat Baylor, things like that do happen. I mean, it's, a, uh, it's an important game from a national perspective. Um, but, um, you know, I'm going to be anxious for him to get back into conference play, too. I know Eric Musselman didn't do the presser yesterday. Gus Arginal, assistant coach, did. That, to me, shows that he is locked in for this game. That they, I mean, they, he doesn't want to spend any other time with me or anything. Like, he knows the importance of this game. And, and, I, and I'll ask you this, because Tommy brought it up yesterday, and I didn't, I was kind of waffling back and forth. What's the more important game, Chuck? Is, is it Tuesday night when A&M comes to town, or is it this game tomorrow in Waco? Well, they're both important. I mean, they're both important for different reasons. I, I don't, I don't, you know, I would not categorize one as more important than the other. I mean, you can talk about, you know, in the grand scheme of things, the conference is more important, and I agree with that. But you can't go into a game thinking, well, you know, this game might not be as important as the next game. I, I don't. Uh, um, I, I've just, I've just never thought of it like that. I think this is an important game, and when it's over, A and M will be an important game too, but for different reasons. Here's uh, Gus Arginal yesterday. I spoke about him. Here is him on the challenge that awaits in Waco. I think they're really excited. When you have the opportunity to play in this challenge with two of the best leagues in America, you know, two of the best programs in our opinion, I mean, how could you not be excited? We have a lot of guys, obviously, that are from Texas, too. I think that adds to it. These two teams played a couple years back in a huge game in the NCAA tournament. So there is a history, and our guys love the challenge. And again, I think it's something that they're really looking forward to. And I, I didn't think about that. Jordan from DeSoto, Anthony playing at Duncanville. I mean, those are guys, not just because of the Baylor connection, Chuck, but I would guess there's going to be a good chunk of family members for those two guys oh, in yeah. attendance tomorrow. I'm sure. I'm sure. There'll be, uh, you know, there'll be family members there for them, and there'll be Razorback fans there. I know, you know, from what I understand, this is a tough ticket. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be full. And, yeah, for those Texas kids – um, you know, it's right down the road. I mean, Texas is bigger than Arkansas. Right down the road means something a little bit different there than it does here. But, you know, they're within the borders of their state, and I'm sure they're going to have family there. And for them, you know, um, it'll be a big day, I'm sure. Hey, I want to remind you that Baxter Health is now your home for compassionate care beyond measure. If you're in north central Arkansas, and they are pleased to share that Dr. Scott Ferguson, 
has joined the Baxter Health family, and he's going to begin to see patients at the new Baxter Health Urology Clinic over in Harrison. Now, Dr. Ferguson's well-known in Harrison. If you're in Harrison, you probably know about him. Very well-respected member of the Harrison Medical Community. And on the 1st of February, next week, Dr. Ferguson's going to start taking new patients at his familiar location at 715 West Sherman Avenue in Harrison. Now, the number is 870-741-2317. That's the number that you can schedule your appointment at. And also, the Baxter Health Urology Clinic in Harrison's now hiring nursing staff with sign-on bonuses available. If you're an experienced LPN, come join the team of quality care providers. Visit workwhereyouvacation.com and fill out your application. Chuck, I don't know if you saw the story about Brian Kelly getting double paid in Baton Rouge. Apparently, his LLC was getting paid in addition to him personally. So he got paid $1.1 million more due to this error from May to December. He's getting double payments. I don't know about you. I wouldn't mind getting double paid from my employer seeing something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of money. And and obviously, they caught it. Mm -hmm. They did an audit and caught it. And um, it's been corrected. Anyone, I think, who's ever worked at a place that issues thousands of paychecks understands that sometimes things like this happen. But you always, you know, it's not like you're going to pocket five million bucks and <laughs> nobody, you know, at some point it's, it's you know, somebody's going to catch it. But obviously they made a mistake. And I know there are conspiracy theorists out there and all kinds of stuff on this. I think it sounds to me like, you know, sometimes a, a, a huge system just got lost in the shuffle. But, uh, and I know that sounds impossible, but that really is kind of what I think happened and, you know, when you're making five, ten million dollars a year, it's not like you're checking your account balance every every Friday. Jeez, yeah. You know, you're not checking your your balance on Wednesday to see if you can afford to go to lunch that day. I mean, in other words, you never check it. That's what I'm saying. Now, I realize that they employ accountants, but you know, the head coach is not their only accountant, and they probably got other million dollar clients. And I can see how this would happen. Can but you-, you know, they caught it, and the money's back, and. Um, the only reason it's a story is because it's so much money. Yeah. Chuck, can you imagine getting a signing bonus hit your account like some baseball and football and basketball players do, like $20, $30, 40000000 million just instantaneously in your account? I, I, I've never seen that type of money in person or really been around someone that makes it. Uh, some of these facts and figures to me are just insane. And then to see something like that in your account would I don't even know what I would do if I saw something like that. Well, again, I don't think Brian Kelly's checking his account. Yeah. I'm not there, but I think there are probably those in life that never check their balance the way you and I would check our balance. They probably know where they are that day. They keep score, but I don't know that, you know, they're 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 logging on to their bank app to see how much they got to work with that day. I'm the type of guy that gets frustrated if I get an additional drink added onto my total at the end of the word. A little, uh, little different life than, than some of those guys are living. Uh, so the Arkansas-Baylor Bears take on each other in the Farrell Center tomorrow. We mentioned some of the other games going on this weekend. I'm really excited about that Texas-Tennessee game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Oklahoma and Bama, is that going to be close in Norman, Chuck, or is Bama just going to wipe the floor with the Sooners? I would imagine Alabama wins big. The best thing Oklahoma could have had happen was for Alabama to blow out Mississippi State, but they didn't. And so Nate Oates is mad, and I'm sure they've had a 
tough practice since that game, or if they haven't, they will. So um, I would I would imagine Alabama's spitting fire, and they'll beat the Sooners pretty good. Now Mississippi State after losing to Bama by three, they got to go host TCU. TCU's a top 15 in college basketball, been pretty solid this year. You've got Iowa State at Missouri. That should be a really good game. Cyclones are actually number one in the Big 12 right now. To me, the coach of the year in college basketball is Jerome Tane at K-State in Manhattan. They get Florida this weekend. I, I thought he's done an outstanding job. I've watched more of them because of the Desi Sills-Arkansas connection, Chuck. I've watched a little bit of them. Not a lot. I know they're playing really well. They beat Kansas the other night. I watched the tail end of that. He's obviously done a great job. The projections that I'm seeing right now, and there's a long way to go, but the projections that I'm seeing right now have them as, you know, maybe a two seed, as high as a two seed. So, um, you know, we'll see how it all plays out, but there's no doubt right now. I mean, they've, uh, for a lot of people, and Rightly so. I mean, they've they've been the surprise of college basketball. You mentioned the Kansas game the other night. Kansas is going the opposite direction of where Bill Self and company want to go. Kentucky, on the other hand, is right where Cal wants them to be. They've gotten hot. I think Kansas has lost four straight. Kentucky has either won three or four straight. What do you think happens in Rupp this weekend? Every game takes on a life of its own. And, you know, all the signs point toward Kentucky winning that game. But, you know... um, I think Kentucky wore them out last year at Fog Allen, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm sure Kansas is thinking about that. Um, that's one of those matchups that, you know, even though one team's playing well right now and the other team's not, um, it's one of those marquee-type games and anything can happen. I, I would give Kentucky a slight edge, but it certainly wouldn't surprise me. I mean, Kansas has lost three straight. I don't think Bill Self's ever lost four straight there. Uh, and I, it, it's probably been a long time since they've lost four in a row, period. So um, that doesn't happen very often for Kansas. But right now, Kentucky's playing better. Yeah. You look at the ranked teams in the SEC relative to the Big 12, only three ranked teams in the Southeastern Conference right now. If A&M wins this weekend, wouldn't be surprised if they're ranked in the next AP rankings. But Big 12's got a lot of talented and ranked teams. This will be a fun matchup this weekend. I can't wait to see a lot of the different games outside of what's just going on between Baylor and the Razorbacks. Hey, I want to remind everyone, if you haven't done so already, make sure that you're subscribing to the Hit That Line podcast network presented by Breeden RV. All you got to do is search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts or on hitthatline.com. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Share it. We want to get this out to as many people in the Razorback family as possible. They give me the Hawks Chuck podcast, Morning Rush podcast, Halftime podcast, and Ruskin and Zach all on the Hit That Line podcast network. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry!
Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. David, I know you just got on a run, Aaron Waco. How's the weather looking down there, man, as people are going to be making their way from Dallas, from Arkansas, for this game tomorrow? It rained, I think, a couple of days ago, which we need a lot of that. But in the, uh, in the you know, early afternoon, middle of the afternoon, it gets to be pretty nice. And so, and then it gets right back down to cold. It's, you know, it is late January, so we're pretty lucky when it's not like this all the time. As long as it's about above 52 or 3, and I get a chance to play golf somewhere <laughs> on Sunday afternoon, then I'm good. By the way, on that QC Kinetics, you wait till you get to be my age at 63, and you wake up one day at your left foot, the next day at your knee, the next day at your back, the next day, well, <laughs> that stuff is great. I've heard a lot about it, but... Uh, Wait till you get to be my age. But that's why I work out so I can try to avoid some of that. Yeah. So where do you play golf at around there, man? If if people have some free time in the Dallas or Waco area and they're making their way there and they want to get 9 or 18 in, where do you go play at? Well, the the country club is shut down for right now. They started digging it up uh, late in the year. They're going to be on a complete restructured, you know, re- replacing a lot of things, changing a few deals. But there's a course that's called Bear Ridge. It's uh, one of the original courses where Baylor Golf used to play. At practice, and then it's it's been through two or three ownerships, and and now they're starting to try to get that thing back. It's not in the greatest shape, but it's in a great shape compared to what it was about two years ago. So that's where I play. Uh, you know, I came out of the Tyler area, and they had like five country clubs in the city Jeez. in Tyler, which is about the same size. But the the uh, options here are not quite the same. But it's not like you know we're famished for great golf courses. But you know it. I, I, I never played during football season, ever, in my entire 42 years. I'd never played golf during football season. Late August, I would get my handicap about where I wanted it to be, and then about the time I did that, I shut it down because I just never had time. And this year, I made a commitment to go out and play every Thursday morning when I had everything kind of put to sleep for broadcast or the shows and all that. And it really did give me some good mental, you know, like, fresh air, so to speak. So I know I'm talking too much about that, but hope to have you. I hope you guys are having a great day. Well, I'm excited to get to Waco tomorrow. You talk about mental toughness and acuity. I mean, that's what this Baylor team is displaying as late. They've either won four, five straight. I forget. David, what's been the key to Baylor getting back on track when a couple weeks ago they were looking like a shell of themselves? Yeah, they really were. They were 0-3. They lost two games to two teams that are right now right above or right into the top ten in Kansas State, TCU. But they lost those two games at home on what was the last possession. So that, that you know, in the Big 12, like anything, it's you really just can't lose road games. If you're going to, then you got to go bait. You know, if you lose one home game, in my opinion, if you're going to compete for the championship, then you got to go win two road games to offset it. Uh, they did lose to, obviously, Kansas State, an emotional night with Jerome Tang, and then the TCU is just a team that right now, Man, they just destroyed Kansas on Saturday. But they weren't playing very good defense. Bottom line, they have guards that can fill it up. They can shoot it. At times, there's maybe one or two that aren't as sharp as perhaps you would like to see if you're Scott Drew or a Baylor fan. But they just were playing terrible transition defense. They And obviously, with that, that means you're also not getting 
you know, those extra four to six offensive rebounds to keep anyone from kicking it out next thing you know. They just there was a couple of guys who were new, the transfers, Jalen Bridges, West Virginia, Caleb Loner from Brigham Young, and I think they weren't real sure or they were unsure a little bit of really fitting into their role. Not that they didn't understand their role. It's just take a little bit of time. I also, to be honest, I don't think the schedule ever lets up. Texas Tech right now is having a horrific start, but they still take people down to the wire. They got blown out by West Virginia at home, and I wonder where they are right now. But there are no gimmies. And I mean that kind of might sound silly when Tech is 0-8, but there really are no gimmies in this conference. Like in the SEC in football, there are rarely any gimmies. So uh, I, I, they, they played much better transition defense. They're, um, they're, they're also kind of in this little, you know, they got some confidence. And they've got, plus I mentioned the transfers, they also had the super, like, all-American point, uh, not point guard, freshman guard in Keontae George. You know, when you have been the alpha for the last four or five years of playing basketball, and then you come in and you've got two guys who have won national titles at guard and Flagler and Cryer, you know, there's probably times at the end of the game when Keontae is used to being the one who takes the shot, and it's kind of taken. He's got no – it's not the ego. He's not like – he just – you know, it's, it, everyone's kind of learning a little bit. The one thing that concerns me about them is they don't really have what I think is a true point guard. Uh, Davion Mitchell is as good as anyone we've ever seen at that position, both on offense and defense. I do think that they're kind of like – they're doing as much as they can with who they have at point guard, Flagler, sometimes Cryer, sometimes Keontae, but a legitimately two true point guard. I think they're learning that role a little bit, rotating that a little bit, and that's kind of that's kind of gotten better too. Talking with David Smoke, Sikkim three sixty five here in the morning rush. David, if you're Scott Drew, what scares you about this Razorback squad? I I mean, good gosh, they're good. I mean, they're they're really good. I. You know, I got to be honest. I haven't seen them as much. Uh, I I have seen them, and it looks like to me, like last year when Baylor played Alabama. Remember in the SEC Big Twelve Challenge, Alabama just blew their doors off. Like, they were better across the board in a lot of ways, more athletic, more angular, um, and, and Baylor was really good at that time. That's I mean, they were really good. I think it was right before they may have lost Jonathan Chamachacha with that horrific knee injury. And But I, I just think that the athleticism, and when I say that, depending on the sport, it, it's different. But Alabama can get up and down. We know Musselman does a great job with what he does as a head coach. But I, I think Alabama's length, Baylor has length. They have Flo Thamba inside, but he's not a jumper. You know, he's not a guy that's going to spring. Uh, they've got a young freshman, Uli Juana, uh, who is – like tripping with amaze, very raw. But I mean, when he wants, it, when he gets it, he gets it. And I, I can't wait to see what he ends up being in the end. Jonathan Chamuchacha was working out. He did warm ups the other night. I don't think he's ready to play yet. He obviously would make a difference. But I just think Alabama's quickness. I think Baylor's good. I think Baylor's really good, and they're on the edge of being really good if they can somehow keep this going against uh, Arkansas, and then they play at Texas on Monday night, and we know that's another, you know, like, here we go. But I, I think Alabama's ability just to explode might be, and, I, and Baylor's allowed that to happen. TCU scored, what was it, I don't know, in the 80s. A, a Kansas State game went into overtime, and so that game, I think, ended up in the 80s or 90s, and that 
to me, is something as someone who covers them, we just never really saw that for about three or four years. Somebody might get hot and just have a, a night, but they just, they, they, they do give up some runs. They've gotten better with that, and that's my concern if I'm Scott Drew. I want to ask you about Anthony Black. Here's a young man whose dad went to Baylor. He chose to play at Arkansas. First time getting a chance to play a school that he almost went to in the Baylor Bears. How do you think his emotions are going to be walking into the Farrell Center tomorrow? Well, obviously, uh, that's, an, that's a great question. And, and and his dad, Terry, was fantastic. His dad, Terry, you talk about explosive. Guy who put on, you know, back in the day, uh, he doesn't want to hear that. It makes it sound like he's old, but you know he was explosive, and I had some of the most. I wasn't here yet. I still know that he had some of those, you know, like highlight reel dunks and uh, follow ups, etc. Uh, I, I, I think you know he's Black has played enough national ball, played that national schedule with Duncanville, uh, an unbelievable team, and so I don't know if anything ever gets him like to the point where it's different than any other place. But I would think that's with the lineage. I think it'll be interesting because of the connection. Um, I don't know really in the end where Baylor was as far as decision-making. I don't think they were in that last part of the discussion. I know obviously that both know each other is really good. Baylor's elite and and, and, and Black is elite. But um uh, maybe there is. I don't know. You know, here's the thing. When his dad played, he, I don't even think he wouldn't have been born. You know, he may have seen highlights and stuff like that, but I'm sure he knows. And, and, and maybe that might get him even more motivated as well. Uh, you know, playing in Duncanville, which is about an hour and 20 minutes south or north of, of Waco, he knows what Baylor's done recently. And, and I think he, he, I think he'll be just fine tuned just to play him in the first place. But also, yes, there's got to be a little bit of that because of, as I said, the legacy factor. David, we've talked to a good chunk of our listeners. A lot of fans trying to make their way to Waco, Texas tomorrow. We're going to be doing the post game at Twisted Root. I love George's. My dad's a Baylor alum. Been there many a times. Also been to Health Camp. Love that place. What are some other food hot spots in Waco that play that people need to go eat tomorrow? As we let you go here. Twisted Root is right there across the campus. It's got great food. Uh, there's a place called Milo's if you're looking for something maybe a little bit uh, higher level, and I don't mean like higher level like snooty, but a little bit of a different menu. Uh, you know, here's the thing. When I moved here 12 years ago, there were two or three places that everybody brought up every single time, and sometimes the lazy narrative is those are the only three places left in Waco, which was George's and VTEX, and there may have been a uh, health camp. I, by the way, I've been there. My trainer doesn't like it when I admit that, but um, there, there are there are places everywhere. I don't, I don't really. I'm not one that goes out and eats a lot. I go home. I cook a lot for myself, but. Uh, there, there's plenty of places, uh, you know, that you have the standard, you know, chain. I, I'm trying to think of If I had my co-host, Paul, who's like an absolute aficionado when it comes to restaurants and stuff. But I tell you, there's a little place, if you like Cajun food, it's called Friday's. It, it, it's an old kind of a, a little bit of a hole-in-wall, one-story building that's off of what they call Dallas Highway North. Uh, and, and if you like Cajun food, I would I would think they would be open tomorrow you know, some places shut it down. I don't, I don't know why, but I think that's, if you like Cajun food, that's a great option called Fridays. I think that, that you'd like that. 
David, we'll leave it there. David Smoke, Sikkim 365. Really appreciate you giving us some in-depth perspective on the Baylor Bears and Waco overall. Excited to see this game at the Farrell Center tomorrow, David. Hey, you guys have a fun trip. Be careful. Enjoy the weekend, and thank you. All right. Good stuff from David as we welcome back in Chuck Barrett to the program to kind of react to that. Chuck, you talked about those guards, man. You've got uh, some fun matchups tomorrow with Cryer, Flagler, and George, Davis, Black, Council, and others. I mean, that's really where it starts tomorrow in the Farrell Center. Seems like it. That's for sure. I mean, that is a great matchup. And, you know, the defense of all those guards is good. And all of them can, you know, all of them can score, too. They're, they're complete type players. So, now, look, there's going to be a lot of stuff happening around the rim, but it may be those guards involved in that. And, yeah, I think that's, you know, those are the matchups. Those are the spots that you look at, and that's what's got the potential to make it an exciting game. Yeah, no, it's no question about it, Chuck. And I, I, you think about what we saw. He referenced Davion Mitchell, who was, I thought, the best point guard in college basketball two years ago. You had two of the best defenders on your team in Jayla Tate and Devo Davis, and he took them to the paint over and over and over again. This team's a little different. They shoot a lot more threes. They're really good. You've got to run these guys off the line that Kansas wasn't able to do on Monday. You've got to be better and use that link to your advantage. Well, you got to, you know, you can't let them just you know go nuts from back there you've got to run them off the line as you say but you know I think the biggest thing is is can they get into their offense and um you know can you avoid turnovers that allow them to score in transition because they can shoot the three off transition as well as they can go to the rim so you've got to avoid the turnovers you can't give them easy chances that's for sure but um you know, the biggest thing to me is, you know, are they going to be able to get into the flow of their offense? And when, you know, you don't turn it over and uh, you're in the half court, uh, I thought Arkansas and the LSU and Ole Miss games, I thought they were superb in keeping the other side from getting into their offense. And, you know, Ole Miss's guards were smaller. Some of Baylor's guards are smaller. Um, we'll, we'll see if that plays to Arkansas's advantage. And Chuck, he, he kind of referenced something with uh, Flo Thamba, who was on that national championship team a couple years ago. They don't have like the length and the size necessarily they did two years ago. I think on Arkansas's offensive end, that means there's not a lot of shot blockers down low. Uh, this could be a big game for Makai Mitchell, Ricky getting to the rim. I mean, that leads me to believe that they've got to, again, as they've done a lot this season, get to the paint and drive it to the hole as much as possible. Oh, yeah. I mean, Arkansas has got to do that to have a chance to win. They've either got to score they've got to get to the foul line. So that's a big part of, I'm sure, what they've got planned tomorrow i mean that's that's their mo offensively and i wouldn't expect it to change and you mentioned that the turnovers like forcing them and and getting the other team the other thing is arkansas in those last two wins they didn't turn the ball over a lot i thought anthony and devo who are your primary ball handlers in this situation really didn't have these costly turnovers that maybe affected their offense in either the half quarter or transition as well well you got to avoid that that's that's one of the to me, that's going to be one of the keys, and it always is when you play on the road because you look at the turnover stats of not just the Razorbacks' guards, but most teams' guards. Uh, when you play on the road, you're going to have higher figures in that turnover category than you do when you play at home, and that's you know kind of how it works for pretty much everybody in our league right now except one or two. So 
Um, you know, I'm not saying Arkansas has got to dominate the turnover battle, but I'm saying they can't get beat there. They can't get whipped there. And uh, if, if, if they can get a push in that area, they'll have a shot. I know each, you always say that each game is different. Arkansas to this point is 0-4 on the road. Wouldn't it be the most Arkansas thing ever if they won their toughest road matchup yet <laughs> against the Bears tomorrow? Well, you know, I do think this team's going to be well served, not just Saturday, but in some of the other road games by what's happened so far. I do think, you know, when you look back at, you know, you really kind of look at this conference race in totality. I mean, the guys they lost, Brazil had been around the block. I mean, he knew what was coming because of his time at Missouri. Smith is the type player that, I mean, he's not really afraid of anything. And so um, I don't know that those two would have been as affected by the, the atmospheres and the crowds as maybe some of the guys who they've been left to play with. And I thought, for example, um, I thought they were, you know, I thought they were a little shell-shocked at Auburn. But I really thought they were shell-shocked at Vanderbilt. And of of all places, I thought that's the spot where they looked the most shell-shocked because, you know, when you got 9,000 at Vanderbilt, that's uncommon. And, you know, they, 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 they caught Missouri, too, in that first game back after, you know, the new semester started. It was the first game back with the students. And both those teams, Vanderbilt and Missouri, had played two straight road games, and they were coming back home, and they were itching to play at home. And I thought that showed in the way they played. But I do think Arkansas is going to be better served by playing in those venues. I think the guys they're playing with now are going to be better served by that. I don't think that Anthony Black's going to turn it over as many times. At least I hope he won't. He won't turn it over as many times uh, tomorrow as maybe we saw in some of the other road games. I don't think that part of tomorrow is going to affect them maybe as much as it did in some of the other road games. Chuck, let's talk about the important stuff. What are we eating this week? And I had health camp. I really don't know, to be honest with you. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. I've um, Last time I was there, I went to that Georgia's place you were talking about. I know this. The team's got an 8.30 shoot-around tomorrow, and that's when I go set up my equipment, so I'm not going to be out too late tonight. <laughs> oh, man. The Georges, if you go to Georges, get the big O. VTech's got some good barbecue. Health Camp's just kind of an old-fashioned burger place, hole in the wall. A lot of these places I haven't been in five or ten years, so I'm excited to get back. I know that Waco isn't exactly a booming retro metroplex, but I, I've enjoyed going down there for different games over the years because my dad and my uncle and my cousin, Chuck. Well, from what I understand, it's a fun place. And, um, you know, you can find something to enjoy in every college town. I mean, some get a bad rap and some have better reputations than others. But, um, you know, you can find some good spots wherever you go. Man, you referenced that 2012 Super Regional Series. Now, if I, was Game 2 the one where they lost on a walk where it was like 2-1 or 3-2? Or was that Game 3 that I think sent I think that was – I don't recall. I mean, that's been 11 years. Um, I know they were both really close games, and I know there was a strikeout of the Baylor player to end the game, and I know in one of the games there was – I think it was a hit by pitch, if I remember that's right. That's right, but yeah. I, um, that's, been, that's been too long ago, Ty. That was a lot of fun, man. I remember my dad, uh, who isn't, it isn't exactly the big baseball fan, he uh, 
I do remember he took that one pretty pretty hard just the way because I think they won game one and then lost games two and three. All right, when we come back, we're going to get into more of the morning rush. I want to talk about these NFL games this weekend, quarterback matchups, and who's going to win the NFL MVP. All right, Chuck, you're a believer in the 49ers this weekend. That Brock Purdy rookie story, it's been awesome. They're winners of 12 straight going into a hostile Philadelphia environment. Why are no Birds fans are waiting on that? But you're more on the defense. That's why you think that could push them over the edge this weekend is boasting the boys. Well, and look, Philadelphia's defense is good, too. I mean, it's it's a great defense. And if Purdy's going to have a bad day, this will be it because they, they get after the quarterback. And I'm not minimizing Philadelphia at all. I just think the Giants are, are – the Giants, the 49ers are on a uh, – you know, I think they're on kind of a run right now. Of course, I was reading an article this morning. They had six NFL experts, and all six of them picked the Eagles. So, you know, maybe uh, maybe I'm wrong, but that's my pick, and that's who I'm going with. They came out with the NFL MVP finalists, Chuck. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Hurts, Justin Jefferson, and Patrick Mahomes. I think Jefferson and Allen are out based on their early exits in the playoffs. I think it comes down to Hurts, Mahomes, and Burrow. Of those three guys... All three in the conference championship game. Is it is it really determined by who wins between Burrow and Mahomes this weekend, and if Hertz wins as well? Well, I think you know the way they're voting set up. I, I I guess it's different from college. I don't know all about it to be honest with you, but um, I guess what you do in the playoffs and the pros has a lot more to do with that award than you know maybe the playoffs do in college. But I, I think you can pick any of them. I, I mean, I think any of them are you know worthy of. Uh, and any of them could win the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, obviously any of these teams could win the Super Bowl. But when you talk about, you know, MVP candidates for quarterback, um, I'm not sure exactly what the you know each voter I guess has their own criteria. There's a standard, but in the end, each voter just votes their opinion. But I think. You know, you could go with any of them. I'd take any of them with the Cowboys right now. I'll say that. <laughs> Chuck, should we push the Heisman Trophy back based on how the NFL does it with theirs? Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I think that, um, you know, you could certainly make that argument. I think you could probably make an argument to, you know, keep it keep it where it is right now. Um, you know, um, it's been my experience that I mean you know votes tend to rally around what you did last week or the week before and you know sometimes a great regular season can be overshadowed by one or two weeks and that individual takes the Heisman I mean that's happened before and so you can make an argument on on both sides um some some years you've got you know a guy that you know is the best player in the country. Other guys, you've got a legitimate debate, or other years you have a legitimate debate between two or three guys who you could claim to be the best player in the country. I don't know this past year that, you know, it was as glamorous as maybe it is some seasons because not taking anything away from the winner, it just didn't seem like you had the collection of, of, of superstars maybe the way you do some years. Yeah, no, I this is, I think I told you and Tommy this, this is the first Heisman Trophy presentation I haven't watched in 20-plus years. I didn't care. didn't care that Caleb Williams won well, it. Well, just so we're clear, the Heisman Trophy jumped the shark for me years ago when Charles Woodson won it over Peyton Manning. I mean, to me, that's when... I began to wonder about the Heisman Trophy. I was actually a Heisman voter for a number of years. Oh, that's cool. And uh, um, so, but but for me, the, you know, it kind of jumped the shark that year. And 
Um, it's become the best player on the best team. And, you know, sometimes we put too much emphasis on one or two games, but I realize that's how the voting is handled now, and it's not going to change. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.